0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Vulnerability with Bree, turning our pain into purpose. Um, This week, we are jumping right back into anxiety and depression, a Bible study that we started at our church at Lucasville Church of God for the women, Um, and then we had decided to go ahead and broadcast it through the podcast as well so that men, women, children Everybody alike and people who do live further away and were unable to attend the Bible study could still feel a part of it. This week, we are continuing with anxiety. Uh, Last week, we focused a lot on depression. So this week, we are going to jump into anxiety. Anxiety is something that a lot of people suffer from. And we did touch on it last week. So this week, I do have a lot of stories that I want to share a lot of uh, articles that I found that we are going to jump into and just kind of look at studies that have happened and try to overcome this together and learn to cope. Um, I should say, sorry guys, my light is like reflecting off of my glasses. But if you have tuned back in for another week, another episode, I do want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I looked at the reports this morning and we are up to over 156 listeners. We have reached several states, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, North Dakota, um, there were so many different states that it just blows my mind to think that we are reaching people across the nation. I'm so thankful. I'm so overwhelmed most days when I think of the mercy and grace of Jesus. Every day, I'm overwhelmed by the mercy and grace of Jesus. But just seeing what he is doing through his vessels blows my mind. Guys, lives are being changed. Uh, after last week's episode, I received several testimonies of people just finding peace and saying that they no longer feel alone. Uh, One one person said that they hit their knees in the middle of the podcast. I mean, just God is speaking to people and I'm just the vessel. I'm so thankful. So this week, I do want to recap on what mental health is, what mental illness is. Maybe you're listening to this episode and you didn't hear last week's episode. I encourage you to jump back to last week's episode, Overcoming Anxiety and Depression, and then join us back for this one. So guys, what is mental health? Mental health is the well-being of our state of mind, emotional balance, and the way we respond to circumstances in life in a healthy way. So mental health is when our brain is functioning the way that it should. Um, And mental illness is when that state of mind is thrown out of balance, whether that be For chemical reasons, uh, whether it be for spiritual reasons, whether it be um, hormonal, you know, there are so many different things that play into mental illness. And that is why last week I did start the episode by saying I do not shame anybody who deals with mental illness every single person at some point in their life will deal with anxiety they will deal with some type of emotional imbalance mental imbalance and it doesn't mean that you don't love jesus and it most certainly does not mean that you don't trust jesus or that jesus doesn't love you guys sometimes our brains just get sick just like the heart gets sick and the lungs get sick and the pancreas gets sick and the gallbladder gets sick our brain gets sick just the same way so Guys, this will be a shorter episode. I have a banquet to get to in about two hours and I just stay pretty busy. So I do want to get into it, but I love you. From the bottom of my heart, if you are listening to this and you are struggling with mental illness, please know that it is okay to reach out and get help. My door is an open door. I have friends who have sat on my couch until one and two in the morning, just crying out to me over mental health problems that they're facing because I would rather sit up with you until three o'clock in the morning and counsel you and pray over you and listen to you and just be a shoulder to cry on than I would attend your funeral because you felt alone guys suicide is real and the rates are increasing every single day and it breaks my heart I'm so thankful that God spared my life when I was in that dark time of my life contemplating ending it there is a brighter day coming I promise you when I look back at the 14 year old me who felt like the only option was to end my life, I'm so thankful that the hand of Jesus kept me and that he put people in my way to encourage me to just hold on and stay alive uh, because God has blessed me with a beautiful life. And guys, I know that it's hard when you're in that place where you feel alone and you feel like your only option is to end your life, but I promise you that that is not the only option. And that if you hold on a better day is coming, and that God will give you beauty for your ashes. And it may not come in the way that we think it should, or in the time that we think it should, but he is on his way and he is always on time. So guys, what is mental illness? Mental illness is responding to said circumstances in unhealthy or ineffective ways, or the brain being unable to cope with life circumstances. This includes disorders that affect your behavior and mood and thinking patterns. And so last week we went over what depression was, and this week we're going to discuss what anxiety is. Anxiety is fear of a known threat or perceived threat that triggers the fight or flight of the sympathetic nervous system. Intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Fear that um, is either real or made up triggers that response of our nervous system. Um so some some symptoms of anxiety include fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating and feeling tired may occur. And there are so many different disorders that are anxiety driven. Um if you follow me, if you've been on this podcast you know that I am currently being treated by a doctor for bulimia. Um apparently my entire life uh for as far back as I can remember, I have Uh, struggled with bulimia, I always thought that I was a binge eater. And, um, because I was a binge eater, I would punish myself. And when I actually sought help and sought therapy and, um, a doctor to help me treat this disorder, because I knew it was coming down to life or death for me, um, as a child of God, mind you, uh, the doctor actually, diagnosed me with bulimia, which is an anxiety-driven disorder. Um, So there are so many disorders. Anorexia is an anxiety-driven disorder. Uh, OCD, agoraphobia, arachnoid phobia. Any phobia really is anxiety driven. PTSD is a anxiety driven disorder. So there are so many different disorders that fall under the category of anxiety that people just don't know about. And they think that, you know, they're just broken and that's not true. There are so many things in life that play factors into anxiety. So there are some things um, set aside from Jesus that we can do to help manage these, uh, these feelings, these fears, um, and some of the ways that we can cope with anxiety um, or like lessen anxiety would be uh, physical activity, a healthy diet, regular sleep and relaxation exercises may also help reduce anxiety. Joining a support group may also help. And to manage symptoms effectively, it's best to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine, um, and really any kind of stimulant. Uh, because stimulants heart, uh, they, they elevate the, um, heart rate and they trigger that sympathetic nervous system, which is what anxiety does. So we're in that constant state of like fight or flight. This is it. Like it's, it's so excessive sometimes I know for me that it's all I can focus on. It's all I can think about. And I was telling the women at Bible study on Tuesday that, um, um, for me personally, i it's it's overwhelming sometimes like for the longest time i was terrified that my house was going to burn down with my puppy in it and it all stemmed from a dream i had like i had a dream that my house caught on fire and it burned down with my puppy in it and so from that point on like my brain obsessed and um it became like this compulsion for me where i had to before i could leave my house i had to go through and I unplugged everything. Like I unplugged phone chargers. I unplugged my watch charger. I unplugged my Cincy warmers. I unplugged my coffee pots, like my microwave, my air fryer, like everything has to be unplugged my straighteners and there are even times that I will go through in the morning and I will unplug all of that and know that I unplugged all of that and then get halfway to town and be like, I have to turn around and go home and make sure that everything's unplugged. Or my husband now goes to work after me, so I will text him and be like, hey, um, can you make sure my my phone charger is unplugged? Can you send me a picture, make sure my straightener is unplugged? Or there are times that I actually, like, and I have found that something that helps me with that is taking pictures of, like, if I straighten my hair or if I curl my hair before leaving, when I unplug it, because I know what my brain is going to tell me when I leave, I started actually using my phone and taking pictures of, um, of the outlet where, and you know, my straightener cord, like I will like hold up the straightener cord, unplug, take a picture of it. So that when I get halfway to town and my brain kicks in and that, that fight or flight starts happening and I start worrying about my house burning down because I left a straightener plugged in, I can look at my phone and say, okay, like, Yes, it's unplugged. I I can look at the picture and like um I I go through. I don't set things on my stove because I'm so afraid that a knob will get knocked and and catch something on fire. And it's exhausting, guys. It's an exhausting thing to live with. And most people think if you know without dealing with anxiety, you look at it and you're like you're just a worry wart. You know, like that's what I've been told. My my husband. Uh, suffers from depression. He's not, he's, I don't think there's an anxious bone in that man's body. Like he never worries about anything. And so he looks at me and I know like it, it almost annoys him sometimes. And he'll be like, Oh my gosh, like just stop worrying. And, And that's easier said than done for somebody who suffers from anxiety. and it can be a spiritual problem but it can also be your brain just needs a little bit of help your brain is sick something happened in your brain you know you have trauma that is unresolved or you know something shifted in your brain the genetic makeup of the brain is actually changed through life circumstances and through things that we do and and so you can actually look at somebody's brain on a study and see that it has changed um like if you take a scan one year and then look at it again later like you can see the changes that have happened because of situations in life so it's not as easy as just saying like Well, just don't worry about it, you know, but there are things that you can do to help deal with that anxiety Uh, Like taking pictures. Does it get rid of my anxiety? Does it cure the problem? Like no, but it gives me peace of mind It helps me and it doesn't hurt anybody Um, Another thing for me that triggers anxiety is a messy home Um, and my my boys are just messy like I love them to death. But like, I look at my table, right, like right to the left of me right here. And I see an empty Red Bull can and a half drank bottle of water. And like, that's just my husband. It doesn't bother him. He be like, well, I'll pick it up when I get home the next day. But for me, like, I can't, like, I don't like seeing dishes in my sink. I don't like seeing trash sit around. I don't like a messy floor. Like I'm one of those people that I like the lines on the carpet from vacuuming. Like that brings me peace. And so if my house is messy, I feel like my whole life is out of whack and I feel like I just can't, I can't cope because all I can think about is my messy house. Like I need my house to be cleaned. I need it to smell good. You know, we, we joked last episode about how I, I have Cincy warmers in every house, like every room in my house almost. And like there's currently one sitting beside me burning like banana pumpkin bread and it smells so good and it makes me happy and it helps ease my anxiety. When I get home from working 12 hours at the hospital or, you know, twelve hours with the kiddos. Um, I don't want to come home and talk about my day most of the time. Like I'm I'm frustrated, I'm anxious. Like it's been a crazy day. And, you know, especially if I lost a patient and, you know, we had a code. Like my anxiety is so high after those days. Like I I remember one time I had a GSW to the head and we coded him for uh 45 minutes and it was just they were It was just a traumatic experience for me. Um, And my anxiety was so bad that like, I couldn't sleep for days after that. Um, Every time I closed my eyes, like I saw that person and I saw the, the artifact of what was left of their body and, and I saw myself compressing them and it was just so, so, so anxiety, like I was just anxiety ridden after that. Um, it was the first time, like I've coded several people before, but that was the first time that I had ever had a gunshot wound. Um, and of all places, it was a GSW to the head. Um, so it was very, and so for me, I had to find ways to cope through that. I had to find ways to, um, you know, learn to deal with that and get past it and move past it because I am a nurse, and there are you know when you work in trauma and you work on the floor, you see things that you know you just can't unsee and so um for me, I found like the way that I got through that um and I started decompressing when I get home from those shifts is walking my dog like me um chase is my best friend, like I sit around singing the golden Girl's theme song to him all the time, like thank you for being a friend because. Guys, I know I'm crazy, but like my puppy is my friend. Um, my puppy is my best friend. And so when I have trying days at the hospital, when I have hard days at the hospital, like I come home and I walk him like, that's how we cope. That's how we, and it helps lower the anxiety. And also having organization, like I started using a planner and I plan out my bills so that I know what is due. I plan out my classes for school. Like I plan out what I have to do every week. And so that when somebody, when I wake up in that morning, like I know what I have to do And it kind of helps me get through and not feel so overwhelmed. Like what if I'm forgetting something, you know, as soon as I find out that something is scheduled, like it goes down in my planner because I don't want to miss something. And so um, being organized can also help with anxiety. And so that leads into the next, the leading causes of anxiety are lack of planning, unorganized life, messy house, obesity, substance use, uh, caffeine, family history, trauma or abuse, especially during childhood, a stress buildup and poor coping. Um, So those are all things that worsen anxiety. And so with all of that being said, I do have a few things that I want to read, a few scriptures that I want to read. and, you know, if you're one of those people that struggle with anxiety, then you know how frustrating and time consuming it is. It's exhausting, which is the word um, through Tuesday night's Bible study. That was the word that we kept hearing over and over and over from every woman in there who lives with anxiety. It was this is exhausting. Like I'm tired. I am exhausted and it is very exhausting. And so even in the midst of every illness, like we can go to Jesus because he says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Like come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. And so when When our hearts are full of exhaustion from this disease process or this spiritual battle, whichever it is for you, like we can still go to Christ in these moments of heaviness and say, God, like, I know that my body is sick. I know that my brain is lying to me and I know my brain is causing me doubt right now, but. My spirit inside of me is telling me, because guys, we have to remember that the brain and the spirit are two separate beings. Okay. The brain is an organ and it is the control center of the body, but the spirit trumps the brain. And so we have to learn to separate those two, the emotions that the brain causes and the truth that the soul tells us, you know, like the spirit. And so we have to keep those two things separated. So even in the midst of our brain telling us like, you're exhausted, you're not going to make it, you're, you're going to lose everything. What What if, what if, what if, what if, you know, because that's what anxiety is. What if, and so in the midst of our brain telling us, what if our soul can say, God, even if, You know, and and, and we can go to God and be honest with him and say, God, my brain is telling me this, but my soul and your spirit is telling me that you are my keeper. You are my shelter. You are my strong tower. So in the midst of disorder, in the midst of mental illness, when our brain is feeding us one thing, our soul can still go to God in confidence and say, God, God. My emotions are telling me this but my soul knows this and so I'm trying I'm coming to you for this rest. Um because there there are ways to cope there are ways to get through this and can God heal us? Yes. I have seen with my eyes cancer disappear. I have seen broken bodies mended, you know, like I love that song um too good to not believe. Because I have seen, I have had family members diagnosed with metastatic cancer and then them go back for the surgery and say, do another MRI. You know, one more scan, do one more scan, just one more. And if it's still there, take me to surgery today. And they will do the scan. And the doctor comes out and he says, It's not there, you know, so I know that God is the healer and I'm not here to tell you that God can't heal you, but God doesn't always heal. And I don't know why. I don't know how God decides who he's going to heal. That's not my place. That's not my place to question. I'm not God. His ways are higher. I can't see the big picture. But what I do know is that our bodies are our bodies are flesh. Our bodies fell in sin. And so they are going to go through. They're going to go through things. They're going to go through illness. And so mental illness is just the same as somebody who suffers from cancer when it comes to being sick. And so I know that God can heal me. I know that God can heal you. But if he doesn't, we can still go to him in confidence and find ways to cope and survive through this mental illness. Um, So I do want to read a few stories. The quote um, that I have for today's episode is anxiety is not that simple. Because we often because it is often misunderstood to be simply that a person is stressing too much There's a distinct difference between the sin of anxiety and the mental health disorder of anxiety that is characterized By physical changes in the brain Anxiety is both a mental health issue and a spiritual issue And so guys yeah anxiety is you know worrying about there there is that separation where you know the anxiety that is you know that drives actual disorders or the anxiety of you can't trust God to pay your bill or you can't trust God to save your loved one. Like that is anxiety as well. But that is the spiritual side of anxiety saying, you know, God, well, you know, um, I have this bill that needs to be met or there's no food in my cabinet. And then you sit and you worry and you worry and you worry. What if my kid never gets saved and you worry and you worry. That is the spiritual side of anxiety. And that is where it becomes the sin of anxiety, like not trusting God for what you have. But then there's that chemical imbalance side of anxiety that is the physical um, where the fight or flight is triggered and it is constant and it is exhausting and it is draining. So I want to read a story that I found from somebody. Excuse me. Y'all already know I got my coffee. I went, me and my puppy, after our prayer walk this morning, we stopped for Tim Hortons, and I got my coffee, and he got his coffee. He gets a little cup of whipped cream, but... Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, so as I sat in Jessica's office, she could already observe the medication she had prescribed for my anxiety was making a difference. I didn't know life could be this way. I don't panic about my kids playing outside in the front yard. I'm not terrorized by racing thoughts at night. I don't feel like I'm in fight, fight or flight mode. And these are just the little things I commented. For years, I've lived with depression and took my medication faithfully but life was still difficult because of the anxiety at the time i didn't realize it was anxiety i was convinced that there was a serious health issue i sought out a doctor and then a counselor after a friend suggested this type of intervention i was sick of everyone telling me just believe more just have more faith just pray about it more Anxiety is not that simple because it is often misunderstood to be simply that a person is stressing too much. There is a distinct difference between the sin of anxiety and the mental health disorder of anxiety that is characterized by physical changes in the brain. Anxiety is both a mental health issue and a spiritual issue. Anxiety is a mental health disorder characterized by feelings of worry, anxiety, or fear. That are strong enough to interfere with one's daily activities. It often includes panic attacks, post-traumatic stress disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder. For individuals like me, anxiety goes hand in hand with depression, and I'm not alone. Sadly, anxiety disorders are on the rise, which make it critical for church to understand, for the church to understand the epidemic on our hands. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States ages 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 36.9% of those suffering receive treatment. People with anxiety disorders are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized for psychiatric disorders than those who do not suffer from anxiety disorders. Anxiety disorders develop from a complex a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events. And so with all of that, guys, we see that. Um, and like I was telling the class Tuesday night during the Bible study is that anxiety we see increasingly with anxiety, suicide um, rates are skyrocketing and cardiac arrest because your body can only go so long on that high strung mode like the epinephrine that is being um released in the body like that norepinephrine and and all of the different chemicals that that are constantly going with the fight or flight like you're going and going and going and you can't concentrate on everything but you can't like you can't concentrate on anything but you can't stop at the same time like you just go 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 and it's worry 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 and what happens like our heart gets exhausted just the way that our brain and the rest of us feel exhausted. And then we feel tired. But at the same time that we feel tired, we feel high strung. Like we got to go, go, go. Like I was telling the class not too long ago, every single time I've relapsed it has been because I've went manic over my anxiety. Like the anxiety has gotten so bad that mania set in. And this just happened um, a few months ago before, like right after uh, the, my pastors came to me and asked if um i was able to lead this bible study uh, for the first time since lp in school i went completely manic and i ran on like four cheez-its for like three days and i was drinking like in one day i was drinking multiple rains and monsters and you know i was going and going and going and then i started regressing spiritually and i was listening to music that i don't typically listen to and then me and my husband were fighting and it actually um, not many people know this, but it it almost caused the separation between me and my husband because my mania was so bad that I was like causing problems in our home. Um, and I remember calling my sister one day and I said, "Emily, I need you to pray for me because I'm manic and I haven't been this manic since my last relapse. And I know that God is about to do a breakthrough in my life, but I said I can't stop what's happening, and it's the most helpless feeling." I'm trying not to cry, but it is the most helpless feeling when you are manic like that and and you you can see what's happening and it feels good, but you know what's coming, right? Like you, you've you seen this before and you know how it ends. And every single time for me, when I was manic like that and I wasn't sleeping for days and I was just going and going and going, like it ended in relapse. And I, I called my sister and I said, I've been sober for almost four years. And I haven't felt this way since my last relapse. And I refuse to go back. Like, I'm not letting go of my sobriety this time. And um, so I I came home. She was like, you know, Brie, it's going to be okay. And I was like, I can't stop what's happening. Like, I I couldn't sleep. I was like, I'm going to go home and take a nap. Because I haven't slept in days and I couldn't sleep. And so, like... I could feel myself changing. Like I felt that personality shift that happened and I wasn't the breathe that I knew I should have been. And so I came home that day and I put my face to the floor. I mean like mouth to the carpet and I cried and I said, God, I can see what's happening. I'm aware of what is happening, but I can't stop what is happening. So I need you to stop it. And that very next day, we had outreach ministries scheduled. We were going to support my husband's cousins, phenomenal worship leaders. They were singing at a coffee shop in Wellston. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what was going on in my body. Nobody knew I hadn't slept in days. Nobody knew what I was thinking. Nobody knew what I was feeling. Nobody knew that I was facing relapse. Or Fighting against these thoughts and I was like, God, how am I supposed to teach a Bible study? When I can't even <laughs> I Was like God, how can I teach a Bible study that same week? I had a panic attack also first panic attack I'd had in probably six months to a year and I said God how am I supposed to teach a Bible study when I'm like falling apart like I'm barely feel saved right now, you know and um I was like, my home's falling apart. My mind is falling apart. And we went to that outreach and a woman came up to me and she said, God, God showed me you and I need to pray for you. And I was like, okay, you know, pray for me. I was kind of in a bitter spot at that time too, because I was like, God, I don't don't understand why this keeps happening. You know, like I'm so tired. I'm so tired of feeling like every time I take 20 steps forward, my brain just knocks me down so far. And she came to me and she started speaking this word over me and she just had like this prophetic word and she said, God showed me that you're on the brink of a breakthrough. Like you were on the brink of a new ministry and and God has placed the passion inside of you. She said, and every single time you go to step out, she was like, you haven't told anybody about this passion. She It was the podcast guys but she said you haven't told anybody about this dream you you haven't told anybody about the the call that you feel god has laid on your life she said but god said he sees you and he's got your back and he knows that every time you go to step out the enemy comes in she said but this is going to be the time god said that your breakthrough happens and guys i left that place and my mania was gone like do i still struggle with anxiety yes do i still have to take pictures of my straightener yes but did god keep me in the midst of that mania yes god will keep your heart and your mind and he will be faithful to you when you are faithful to even when you're not faithful to him he's still a faithful god guys that situation could have ended so much differently but because in the midst excuse me in the midst of that mental disorder like in the midst of my mania in the midst of knowing what was happening but not being able to control it god said hold up like i'm still god and i'm still going to send a word to your life and i'm still going to use you in the midst of mental health like god is faithful guys he is so faithful and he will always be faithful so just because you deal with anxiety on that that physical level does not mean that god can't still use you guys that was months that was a month a month ago and since then i've i've launched the podcast we're up to 156 listeners like i've had testimonies rolling of people finding freedom from sexual sins and from mental abuse and from you know just like so many different testimonies just rolling in about how God is moving in people's lives. And God has spoke his word to me on a deeper level than ever before. Like I went from a young adult Sunday school class of eight people to an adult class of like 25, 30 people. Like God is moving. He is doing things. My marriage is thriving guys. Like we have an open line of communication. Like we can support each other in our mental health. Like Guys, God will move just because you suffer from anxiety does not mean that you are not called of of God for a cause in the kingdom. It doesn't mean that you're not loved by God. Like God, it will still be God in the midst of the anxiety. And so I do have a scripture I want to read to you guys. We shared the same scripture last week. And then I do have something from um Joyce sister Joyce Myers that I want to read. Um but Philippians 4 verses six through eight is what i want to read do not be anxious or worried about anything but in everything every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving continue to make your specific request known to god and the peace of god that passes that that peace which reassures the heart that peace which transcends all understanding that peace which stands Guard over your hearts and your minds and Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatsoever things are true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart guys again what peter is or what paul is talking about here is the one people say that this is you know talking about mental health but it's not like what paul is saying here is that that fleshly side of anxiety like don't worry about how your bills are going to be paid don't worry about where the food's going to come from like don't worry about whether your kids are going to be saved but like give it to god and trust in god like he is not condemning the mental health disorder um where when he's talking here but then he goes on to say that like if you do struggle with these thoughts like this is what the peace of God is able to keep you in the midst of these trying times. Like he is able, just like in the midst of what I was going through, I made my petition made known to God. I knew I was manic and I could not stop it in the flesh. I could not stop what was going on. I couldn't calm down what was happening. Like I was just rolling with it because I I, I was aware of it, but I had no physical power to change what was going on in my brain. And God said, okay, like I went to God face to the floor. And I said, God, I acknowledge my brain is broken. I acknowledge what is happening right now. I, and I want it to change, but I can't change it. So like I made my petition and my request made known to God and God sent an answer. And it's not always as fast as it was for me. It's not always the next day, but God sent an answer. And he said, okay, I've got you, like, let me help you. And when I made my petition known to God, he came through. And so even in the midst of these these trying thoughts, this exhaustion that we face, like, God will be faithful when we make our, don't hide from God in the midst of your mental illness, but run to God and say, God, my brain is broken. You're the creator of my brain. You're the creator of my soul. Like you are able to keep me. And so I do want to read, um, keys to a victorious life. Don't worry, but pray by pastor Joyce, by pastor Joyce Myers. She says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, the Apostle Paul does not say pray and worry. Rather, he says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition, make your specific request known to God. Why are we to pray and not worry or be anxious? Because prayer is the way we cast our cares upon the Lord. See Peter, first Peter verse chapter 5, verse 7. When the enemy tries to burden us with cares, we can turn and give those cares to God. That's what prayer is. Acknowledging to the Lord that we cannot carry our burdens of cares and we, and that we need his help. If we pray about something and then keep worrying on about it, we are mixing a positive and a negative. The two cancel each other out so that we end up right back where we started. Prayer is a positive force. Worry is a negative force. The reason many people operate at a zero power level spiritually is that they cancel out their positivity, their positive prayer power by giving into the negative power of worry. As long as we work as long as we are worrying and not trusting God, it is it is only by trusting God, by having faith and confidence in the Lord that we are able to enter into his rest and enjoy the peace that transcends all understanding. Make a decision now to pray instead of worry and begin to watch him take care of you and guys that is for that physical side like that that fleshly side of worry not the mental health disorder like because there is that separation like not you have to evaluate 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 like evaluate whether and use discernment is this a physical problem or is this my brain because there is a difference like or a spiritual side or the brain side. Like there is a difference between the spiritual side of anxiety and the physical side of anxiety. Like, so again, learn to press past feelings because that is the physical side of anxiety is our emotions. Like our body will lie to us. Our brain will lie to us. And so I do want to, um, read another passage from Joyce, Joyce Myers. I'm almost done. Um, we're going to call it for this episode i know it's been kind of all over the place but this is this is the last thing that i wanted to read um we have feelings and sometimes they are strong but we're wrong if we think that we have to be led by our feelings we don't know we we don't have to allow our feelings to determine our decisions and ultimately our destiny with that type of mindset we believe that if we feel discouraged we are discouraged if we feel victorious we are victorious if we feel depressed we must be depressed someone once said my feelings are emotions they are not reality in other words just because we feel a certain way doesn't mean doesn't make that 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 feeling a fact i know many people who don't feel loved by god that's how they feel but it isn't the truth the devil gains a stronghold in this era Area if he can convince people that their feelings are reality years ago While I was still new in ministry after I spoke in a church Many people told me how my message had encouraged them. I was and I was thrilled Then one man said I didn't agree with anything. You said you don't you don't need to get your theology You need to get your theology straight. Sorry Disagreement Discouragement immediately overwhelmed me and I felt I had failed Afterward, I thought about what happened. 50 people told me how my words blessed them, but I allowed one negative message to convince me that I had failed. But I hadn't failed. I had allowed the wrong voice to control my feelings. I reminded myself that what I experienced had given me a negative feeling, but it had not represented truth. I thought of Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Paul says that we need to believe in our hearts and confess with our lips. We often quote these two verses when we speak to people about their salvation. However, the principle is there no matter what the subject. I stopped and said aloud, God, I believe I did my best for you. I believe you used my words to bless people. I do not have to listen to the one negative voice. Within minutes, I felt better. See how quickly our feelings can change. Reality hadn't changed, but I had. I refused to allow negative, wrong thinking to turn me from reality and so i love that story from her because oftentimes our brain especially when it's sick will lie to us and it will tell us that um we're going to lose our you know we're going to lose our home our house is going to burn down um you know whatever it is that your brain lies to you but that's not the reality guys anxiety is not your reality and so there is um there is that separation again spiritually where you can go to god and say okay god My brain is telling me this. My emotions are telling me this. But I know the reality is your word. Like I'm standing on your word, even though my brain is lying to me, even though my brain is anxious right now, even though my brain is telling me stories like I believe your truth and I choose to stand and believe that your truth is reality, not what my brain is telling me. And guys, when we think on things of God, like it makes it a little harder to worry when I'm going, God, you are my refuge. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my savior. You are my keeper. You are my rock. God, you are the cleft in the rock for me god where i hide like you are jehovah jireh you are el Shaddai, you are adoniah like you are messiah and reigning king soon coming king you are alpha and omega the beginning and the end guys when you begin to declare these things over your life and over your mind it makes it a little hard to worry about your house burning down does it cure anxiety no but can it help bring you peace in the midst of it absolutely like god is faithful guys i love you I hope this encouraged and helped somebody. You are not alone. You are not less because you suffer from anxiety, but there is this shift in our change. There is a changing in the way that we have to believe and the way that we see things and the way that we look at things and know that there is a difference in the physical and in the spiritual and using discernment and prayer. And God will lead you. God will show you. But most of all, God will always be your refuge. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.